Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights Series. I'm your host, Jeff Petowitz, President and CEO of the Petowitz Group. Today, as our guest, we have David Green, who is Director of Marketing for LeadCrunch. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, great, great, great having you. So, uh, you know, for starters, I mean, it, uh, it might be obvious to a lot of people, but just tell us a little bit about LeadCrunch. What does it do? Uh, LeadCrunch is a company that uses artificial intelligence and outreach to help marketers um, drive demand based upon their ideal customers. So we deeply, deeply profile those customers and then um, get their content and engage their buyer personas in campaigns on a cost per lead basis. You know, uh, I'm sure you're well, well aware that AI is a big buzz, right? Um, and I think more executives are trying to understand so exactly how does it work? And, and, and uh, not, not literally speaking, I don't think they want to learn how to program it or anything, but um, be, elaborate a little bit more. I mean, what's your, what's your engine built on? How does it work? You know, how is it actually finding the data? And, and how, how would a marketing team use it? Yeah, that's a great question. So our head of data scientists, uh, a guy named Steve Biafor, had been in the credit card detection industry, and he and a small team had built the algorithms to detect, uh, to protect um, from uh, credit card fraud, about 3 billion credit cards. And he learned from that something you hear all the time from data scientists, which uh, the predictions aren't a big deal. It's really the data. And uh, we have patents on a number of, um, on data. And I think the thing that, and I worked for Dun & Bradstreet's database marketing group early in my career. I've written a book where I uh, collaborated with someone who at the time I thought was probably the premier B2B database marketing uh, guru in the U.S. So this is a, a topic that I'm not unfamiliar with, <clears throat> but he has some insights that I had not considered before. And I think the really big one is the, the movement of data. So in other words, if you're trying to see, like, what is this company going to buy? It depends on what they've been doing, right? Not just exactly where they are right now, but what's the sequence of things? Did they get a new executive? Are they starting to staff up in a particular area from a skill standpoint in terms of their team? Uh, there's a lot of dynamics. Are they opening up a new market? Um, there's a lot of dynamics there. And I think the thing that um, Steve did, and we did some um, uh, pro bono work for the University of uh, a couple of professors at the University of San Diego and, and Stanford, uh, trying to map the ecosystem in San Diego at a very deep level. Uh, going back, I think we had 10 years of data. And we learned a lot from that, that we've been able to apply to uh, what we do. And I think the bottom line is, I think we started by fixing the data. That's the big thing that we do. Uh, and I think the other thing that I found true, and uh, you know, I know you know, we're all familiar with serious decisions and demand waterfall and the benchmarks. Um, you know, in spite of all of the enhancements that we've had in, in my career, conversion rates from inquiry to lead are not very high. Um, and, you know, and if you go upstream from that to the conversion of somebody seeing your display ad, uh, it gets microscopically low. And I think a lot of that has to do um, from the fact that we're not very good at targeting uh, right up front. In spite of a few new innovations, a lot of people still use firmographic data. Um, and the test that we've done, it's it's bad. I mean, uh, half the time it's wrong. People conflate uh, what a who, who a company sells to with their industry, which is different. It could be a software company selling to healthcare, and yet it's classified as a healthcare industry company. And I think you have to get a whole level of 
uh, uh, new dimensions and much more granularity in the data in order to target. And I think it's going to have a dramatic impact on demand generation marketers. A lot of times I give a very simple example of, so let's say you and I do the grocery shopping for our families, right? We're the same age. We have a similar job. We're both directors of marketing. We both make whatever, you know, 100 100 grand a year. Um, But the main difference, and then we we want um, nutrition, we want choice, we want convenience, we want nice stores. But maybe um, I work five minutes from the house and then you work in the city. So you're an hour away. So while we both want all those things, because you're an hour away, you're spending a lot more time in traffic, you might value convenience. So your shopping patterns and behavior patterns are going to be different, right? You're not going to really be as, as interested in browsing because you're spending more time in the car. So you're going to want to get in and out of the store. So, right? yep. so, so knowing that, so to your point, right? Yeah, I have the firmographic data. I know who you are, what your salary is, what kind of cars you drive, all that stuff. But it still doesn't tell me some of the most important things, which is what are you going to do when you're in the store, right? And then, and then what are you buying? What's your pattern? And then how do I maximize that experience for you? And so yep. that simple example can be applied, I think, to any, any situation. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, what what have I bought in the past? You know, what what kind of people are inside of my organization and what direction is it going? Is it growing? Is it declining? Uh, How are things changing for my company? I think those are very predictive factors about uh, folks. And so uh, over time, we're going to uh, uh, really provide a lot more uh, rich data and more accurate data about the uh, the accounts, about the people and about content, um, I think the other part where I think AI can have a big make a big difference is seeing what ideas are spreading, who's spreading them, um, what kind of content do different people want to consume. Uh, I think there's a lot of missing pieces. And then the other part that I think is true is everything changes, right? We we bring out new products, we go after new market segments, uh, and the market itself is very dynamic, always changing. And so I think you need something that's always on and always learning uh, to help you bring the insights uh, to be able to scale uh, what you're doing. Uh, you know, so I was talking to some of my colleagues that are futurists, and, and one of them came up with the interesting hypothesis that a few years out, AI will market to AI. And, and that... <laughs> marketing's role like people will actually be reduced because machines are going to just process all the data they'll determine what kind of campaigns they'll figure out how to write the copy present the campaigns and then they'll send them out and then on the receiving end the, the, for, for the buyer they have AIs just receiving this information determining whether or not it meets the criteria what how would you respond to that what do you think I don't see it going quite that far that fast um, uh, it seems to me that what you want to do with AI is look at the parts that are tedious um, have massive amounts of data that could be potentially analyzed. Um, I think there's always going to be a role, at least, at, at least as far as I can see, for human empathy. For example, I, I don't know that artificial intelligence. Which, by the way, I think I think empathy from a content marketing standpoint uh, is a huge. Uh, critical success factor. And how do you get to empathy? Well, you got to go talk to people. You got to look them in the eye. You got to do interviews. You know, you have to understand um, the job they're trying to do uh, for a particular task and and then develop content that helps with that job. I, I just don't know that artificial intelligence can do all of that. I think they can help. Uh, and provide some guidance and maybe narrow down some of the choices, but you're still going to have to go out and, uh, and, and talk to people in your market and really understand them uh, and develop empathy for them. So you don't think AI can mimic empathy or machines can mimic empathy? 
Uh, it'd be great if they could. Maybe they will. I, you know, I, I, I hate to doubt technology, but I think sometimes the hype gets a little bit ahead of the uh, the execution. So uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ease off the gas on it. I think it's going to have profound impact. Um, that's why I'm working here. But but I don't think it's going to be um, uh, necessary to lay off marketing people anytime soon. I think there's going to be plenty of work. I'm sure, uh, that's gonna make, I'm sure that's going to make your team feel really good about that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of your team, you know, um, how big are they? And, and what's your approach to building out a modern marketing organization in 2018? Sure. Well, you know, we're we're a startup. We've got a Series A. We're on the hunt for a Series B. Um, and um, so I think anybody in my role, it's a hair on fire uh, scenario where there's obviously 4 million things you'd like to do, um, but only like a hundred that you can anytime soon. Um, and so you have to prioritize. And, um, my bias on building a team is to try to get, um, a players who could be leaders, um, as you scale things up, uh, as the initial wave. So I have one person in digital marketing, and then I have one person who's kind of a generalist, um, and, and I think the challenge when you're a small organization like ours is the depth of knowledge that you need to really execute um, has gotten so deep, right, in SEO, in content marketing, in the funnel, and email marketing. I mean, you have people in large organizations that that's all they do. They, all they do is social. Um, and so trying to find somebody who's a, who's a deep enough generalist across all the digital channels is, is a challenge and it costs more. And so, uh, that's the bias that I have before you start to bring in too many, uh, too many generalists. Uh, I think you need to find some, uh, pretty experienced, um, people who are, uh, who can be generalist, but really know, have a depth of knowledge. Uh, and, I, and then I think you get out of their way. You know, I, I, I don't think management's role in marketing or any other role is to tell people how to do unless they, they ask you. Um, I think there's a little bit of what and a lot of why. And then I think you get out of their way and let them do what they know how to do. Um, I think that's my approach. Great advice. So what comes first, the plan or the people? Oh, everything is culture. Uh, you know, if you don't have the people and the culture, um, if you don't have alignment across uh, departments, I think it breaks down pretty fast. And um, uh, I think it was Mike Tyson that once said that it plans really great until you get hit in the mouth. And, you know, when you're going to market, you're always getting hit in the mouth. There's always stuff that you're learning if you get outside of your intuition and, and test or or engage with the market that surprises you. And I, I think you have to be nimble enough to to adjust to that. So, um, in addition to the obvious, you know, AI, in, in your in your opinion, as a senior marketer, what do you think have been some of the other biggest changes that have impacted marketing over the last five to ten years? Uh, well, um, you know, I, I think obviously ABM. Um, I, I actually did my first ABM campaign um, uh, about twenty plus years ago. Uh, I was working for an agency, and we did one ad to Procter and Gamble. Uh, and, and got eight leads. The ad cost us like 40 grand uh, to put a full page, page newspaper ad out. Um, but it resulted in an $8 million deal. And, you know, if you get into this game very long, I think you realize that not all leads have equal value. And so I think if you're immature at this, you're at the top 
top of the, the cost of lead and you try to get to a low cost lead and you end up getting into a little bit of a problem with sales because those don't often convert into opportunities for them, uh, which is what they care about. So I think ABM is uh, going to become a bigger and bigger force. Um, I think things like artificial intelligence were really made to help with that. Uh, by helping people really figure out where is the big pockets of money uh, and to be able to take it down a, a notch besides just the, you know, the Fortune 500. Uh, where, where else can I go and how can I apply more uh, stratified resources after these higher higher value opportunities? The other thing that I haven't really seen happening yet, but I have a hypothesis that it could is around the uh, it was originally started with Marketo and those guys around the individual contact uh, and individual buyer personas, and you had a, uh, a path for everybody. I, I, I think that the folks that wrote the, uh, the Challenger customer had a really interesting point of view, which is the real job we have isn't to uh, help individuals with different uh, departmental level uh, requirements see how you can help that department as much as it's to help build a consensus. And I, I wonder if that's going to have a very profound impact as we start looking at lead nurturing as a sort of a buying committee uh, uh, approach and, and how do we get everybody on the same page and how do we help build consensus um, uh, with that buying committee? I think that could really have a big impact uh, moving forward. Oh, great. Um, so I was starting to think as you were describing those changes, what about you? As, so as, as the market's changed... How have you changed? You know, if you if you were to look back at a younger version of you just starting out in your career, yeah, how do you think uh, you've changed over the years? Um, I would say I've gotten a lot less sophomoric. Um, you, you know, I think when I started out, everybody was an idiot, and uh, I couldn't believe how stupid everything was. Um, and and now I see why it's so stupid because it's hard, um, and it, it's hard to get a lot of people moving in the right direction. Um, and, um, and, and marketing B2B in particular is extremely complex. Uh, and so you just have to allow for that and, and realize the limitations of what you can get done in that context. That's probably how I've changed. I, I've certainly seen a lot. And, um, unfortunately you learn the most from, uh, failure in my opinion. I don't think you learn as much from your successes as, as you do from your, from your, uh, 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 times when you stubbed your toe. So I think that um, that's been one of the things that we've been trying to instill the most in our younger employees, that it is okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes that you yep. can learn from it. Um, I, I, I think that um, the society over the last 15 or 20 years has created an environment where everybody wins. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it, everyone, everyone's a winner every, and, and competition is not, a, not a good thing, but that's not, that's not really how the world works. Right. <laughs> so I think we have to tell them that, Hey, you know, this is all part of your growth. It's okay. You know, you, and then you just, you get it, you, you keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think failure is a, a big, uh, opportunity to learn. And I think if you're going to be in marketing today in B2B or B2C really, uh, I think you better be dedicated to learning because however it's working today, it's going to be different uh, three years from now. I mean, if you just look back um, in, in in our space right over the last five years or seven years, um, you know, ABM really wasn't a big deal, whether people did it. No one was calling it that. It wasn't nearly the movement that it was. Um, 
you know, the, the whole evolution of marketing operations and some of the large organizations, that's a relatively new thing. And you could go right on down the line with retargeting and programmatic advertising and, 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 uh, there's just a lot of stuff that's coming out. That's new, that changes how you might do things. And I think you're going to have to be prepared to, uh, capitalize on those and evaluate them and figure out which ones will work for you. Great advice. David Green, thank you so much for being on the Jeff, program. Jeff, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Best of luck to you. All right.